Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We continue learning Pirkei Avot, Ethics of the Fathers, with Chapter 3, Mishnah 9, in which Rabbi Yaakov says, One who walks on the road while reviewing a Torah lesson and interrupts his review and exclaims, How beautiful is this tree? How beautiful is this plowed furrow? Scripture considers it as if he bears guilt for his soul. This is very strong statement. Like I, when I read it, I was like beyond myself because I always look at nature and I'm always uh, admiring it. And so let's see what really this Mishnah is trying to teach us, what it's really trying to say. So according to Rabbi Abraham Tversky in his book, Visions of the Fathers, he says that, uh, that virtually all commentaries raise the question of this Mishnah because it's really mind-boggling. Granted that it's improper to interrupt one study of Torah to observe the beauty of nature. Like if you're in the car and you're listening to a shiur and you're going and you're learning Torah and suddenly you look at a beautiful field of flowers, like you cannot stop learning and look and admire the beauty of the flowers. So, so what it says here is, but does this really justify so harsh a judgment? to consider it as equivalent of a capital crime. Like it's saying here, scripture considers it as if he bears guilt for his soul. So in order to understand this Mishnah, let us first look at, at Psalm 19, where it says, A song of David, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse of the sky tells us of his handiwork. Day following day brings expression of praise, and night following night breaks bespeaks of wisdom. There is no speech and there are no words. Their sound is unheard. Their line goes forth through the earth and their words reach the farthest ends of the land. In their midst he has set up a tent for the sun. The sun is like a groom coming forth from his bridal chamber, rejoicing like a warrior to run the course. The end of the heavens is its source and its circuit is to their other end. Nothing is hidden from its, from its heat. We have here an illustrious ode, a praise to God and an appreciation of Him through His grandeur of nature. We, we're recognizing in this Psalm, Psalm 19, the greatness of Hashem's work of nature. But then here, it completely follows, at the end of the Psalm, it says, The Torah of God is perfect, it restores the soul. The testimony of God is trustworthy, making the simple one wise. So there seems to be a transitional sentence, but rather an abrupt change from a description of beauty of nature to the value of Torah. We see it in this psalm. First, it's talking about the greatness of God, His creation, the, 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 the flowers, the sun, everything that's under the sun. And then at the end, it comes and it values Torah. So the receiving of the Torah at Sinai was the turning point not only in this history of the Jewish people, but in the very way that we are led our lives and direct our thoughts. So before the giving of the Torah, the Torah, for example, Abraham, our patriarch, he arrived at his believing God through philosophical spe speculation. He was a little boy. He was lying at night under a tree and he was looking at the sky. And he saw all these stars and he saw the vastness of creation. And he came to realize that there had to be a creator. And, and the difference between Abraham and the other people before him, it's not that the other people didn't believe that there was a God. They believed there was a creator. 
but they thought the creator created the world and he went to sleep and he went to play golf and he had nothing to do with the world. The difference between the, the past generations and Abraham is that Abraham came to the conclusion that God runs the world at every instance. That not only he created the world, but he actually runs the world at every instance. But he came to this conclusion through philosophical um, contemplation of the world and the speculation. But what happened is after the Torah was given at Sinai, we no longer reach our relationship with God under philosophical reasoning, but rather through Torah observance. So one thing is a person that his mind, his intellect makes him think certain things because he's an intelligent being and by contemplating he comes to certain conclusions. But here after the Torah was given, we are not doing this anymore. We believe uh, in Hashem, we believe in everything that the Torah gives us because this is given to us by God, because it's Torah observance, not because we we came to the conclusion that this is the way the world is run or the world was created. It's because it's, it's been said to us by God himself. So the Talmud states that had the Torah not been given, we would have been expected to learn proper behavior by observation of nature. Like we would learn, very simple, we would learn from the ants to respect other people's property. If you analyze ants, they will never get into some another ant's property. We will learn modesty from observing cats. They're very modest animals. And we will learn fidelity from observing doves. If you know, a dove will never have another mate. Like the, the, the female and the male, they're together for, for a lifetime. And if one of them dies, the other one is left alone for the rest of his life. He will never go with another dove. So here we see that the Torah had not been given once we were given the Torah. We are not to learn midos from nature alone, but also and primarily from Torah teachings. So we learn how to behave, we learn how to think, how to speak, how to act, not because of what how, the way we see how the world is run. We behave in the way we think, we speak and we act because the Torah gives us a guide, it's a light for us, it's a guideline, and because in the Torah it tells us how we should think, how we should speak and how we should behave. So we do what the Torah tells us because this is the right thing to do according to Hashem. So yes, it is possible to look at the grandeur of nature and come to awareness of the existence of the greatness of Hashem, for sure. And this is a very good uh, way of meditation to, to arouse our love for God, our lower love for God, who designed and created so a marvelous universe. So look both at the macrocosm and the micro, microcosm through the perspective of Torah rather than with our unaided intellect. What it's saying here is that when before the Torah, our intellect runs our lives. After the Torah, then we are not run by our intellect. We are run by the Torah knowledge. That's it. So this is the message of Psalm 19, and this is the signature of God, is indeed in the star-studded heavens, we, but we are to find him through Torah, and even to look at the heavens with the Torah attitude. So what the Psalm is telling us, and what this Mishnah is telling us, is that when we are learning Torah, we're on our way to work, we're in, the, in a park learning Torah, wherever you are, and suddenly you see a beautiful landscape, or you see a beautiful tree, or you see a beautiful animal, can be a butterfly, or whatever, is a creation of God, 
then we should look at it from the perspective of the Torah and not from the perspective of our intellect. Because when we see it through the perspective of the Torah, when we see something and we look at a tree and then we're meditating on how God created the tree, and not only on the beauty of the tree, but we're analyzing like incredible how Hashem, in His wisdom, He created a tree with its roots and, and that's where it's fed and then you connect it to your roots and you work on, on Torah concepts, then you are not um, veering from your learning of Torah, you're just enhancing your learning of, of Torah. You're not, um, you're not stopping your learning to look at the, at the, at the world, you, the world becomes part of your Torah learning. So the message of the psalm is also the message of the Mishnah. One who observes the beauty of a tree but does so with an interruption of Torah, meaning that he does not look at nature through a Torah perspective, but independent with his unaided intellect, is he bears guilt for his soul. soul. Why is this so? Take the example of a blind person. He comes and he talks about a blind person who develops an acute sense of hearing to compensate for his loss of vision. So this enables him to detect the sounds of, of cars, like he's in the street and he can see, he can hear the cars, he can hear the bicycle coming, he can hear the, the motorcycle coming, and he also knows how to ambulate with the help of a moving cane. So through his other senses, which become very, very sensitive, he can feel everything, even the air blowing, he can really cross the street uh, without uh, being harmed because he is like if he saw, really, with his other senses. And uh, because these are the only tools he has, he must use them to get around, hopefully avoiding danger. But what would we think of, us, of a person who can see and suddenly he blindfolds himself and walks the street with the help of a cane, trying to determine when he is safe to cross the street by listening to the sound of oncoming traffic. So this would be crazy. We would think like this person is really nuts. He's a foolish person. He's taking unnecessary risks and exposing himself to danger. So when he could utilize his sight to see where he was going. So this is the same, this same idea of, of, of what the Mishnah is telling, so, telling us. Once we were given the Torah at Mount Sinai, it provides the vision and perspective whereby we adjust to reality. So the giving of the Torah really is what is giving us his vision. And it's a vision that God is giving us so we can perceive the world in a certain way. So when we're not using Torah to look at the world, it's like we're a blind person, a, a normal looking person who is blindfolding himself to cross the street. So failure is to use the gift of vision and to try and function with or unaided intellects, like a person that can see and suddenly he, he closes his eyes so he doesn't see. It's ridiculous. If God gave you the Torah and he's giving you this vision, why would you not use it to look at the world? So this is what this Mishnah is trying to tell us. And it's telling us that our intellect is amazing, the human intellect is marvelous, but nevertheless, it's, it's influenced by emotion, so the intellect has to be also connected to Torah, so we can use it in a proper way. So I wish you a good week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.